Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legendary Leadership Lessons. I'm your host, Gary Johnson, and I've got a great podcast for you today. We are going to be joined by David Hoffeld. He has written several books on selling, and I will tell you, as someone with over 25 years of experience leading sales teams, as, as many as 500, David's books are the best on the planet as it relates to sales and selling techniques. And the reason that I say that about David is because his book is all based on empirical data. It's the only book that I've seen that way. So not only does he say, this is what you should do, but then he gives you the research behind it. So CEOs and chief growth officers out there, if you've not read this book, you need to read it. So welcome, David. Well, thank you so much, Gary. It's great to be with you today. Well, it's my pleasure, really, because I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of yours and I wanted to get a chance to talk to you about this book and really put it into context with, you know, the audience that we have, which are, are mostly going to be C-level people and uh, CEOs, presidents, business owners. And looking at your book, I've obviously had a chance to read it. As I just mentioned, I think it's one of the best books on the market. Can you tell the audience what, and I think I brought a little bit of it up, but what you think makes your book kind of different from traditional selling books? Yeah, traditional selling books, and this is what I encountered as a sales leader many years ago. I wanted to know what was the best sales practices to engage in, to share with my team. And as I looked at traditional selling methodologies or books on selling, it was all based on anecdotal evidence, meaning the author would say, you know, this worked for me back in the day and, and you should do this. And all the books are different, right? No, no book is written that's the same as another book. They all espouse different strategies and tactics. And so I wanted to understand, well, how do I decipher which is the best or which one would actually work? Where's the evidence for it? And I had a, a master's degree before I got into sales. So I started, you know, I went to the back of a sales book and said, well, are there any footnotes or any citations? And I can kind of see where they're getting this, these ideas from. And uh, there are none. And by none, I mean... Absolutely, absolutely none. And so I thought, well, there's got to be a better way. So I started applying uh, what I had learned in my master's degrees, how to research. I started looking at how to improve presentation skills and, and then trust and then rapport and then how decision making occurs and looking at a variety of scientific disciplines like social psychology, communication theory, cognitive psychology, neuroscience, even behavioral economics looking at strategies that have little, literally been awarded Nobel Prizes. And I was blown away, Gary, by the relevancy of this science. When I would read it, and I, I had an odd hobby back then, I would read academic journals in the evenings and on weekends, and then I would apply it to my selling and the teams I was leading as a sales leader. And I just saw amazing results. And I kept saying, well, why isn't anyone talking about this science that discloses how people make buying decisions and, and how to do all these things that are so mission critical in selling. And so, you know, after experiencing um, many successes in my career applying this, I just felt this burden that, okay, this isn't right. I can't just keep this for myself and my sales team. I need to get out there and share this with others. And so I wrote my first book, The Science of Selling, and we had Penguin Random House was impressed with the idea. It was it was revolutionary of applying science to selling, and and they published the book. and The rest is history. But really, the main difference is any strategy we espouse, 
if you want to say, David, why do you think we should ask questions this way? Why do you believe the buying decision happens this way? There are hundreds in my, both of my books. There are over uh, 450 different citations to journals that you can look up on your own to verify these ideas. In other words, you can see the science for yourself. So it's not a faith-based endeavor. We share why we espouse these strategies because once you understand some basic things that this science teaches, it is an absolute game changer. And that's the big difference is transparency. It's based on real verifiable evidence that you can look up for yourself. Yeah, I'm kind of a nerd like you, David. I, I'm a big reader and love books, self-help books, read tons of books on selling, presentation skills, communication, connecting. And, and I mean this to the audience. When, when I picked your book up, what you said was exactly my aha moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, David's got empirical data in here. Support. He says, do this, and here's the Harvard research that supports it. Or he says to do that, and here's what Yale says about it or whatever. And I just really was blown away by that so much so that when uh, before I started my Vistage practice, I had hired David to come in and speak to over 500 salespeople that I had because I just thought what he had in the book was so revolutionary. And so sh thanks for sharing that. Here's another question for you, David. So the audience, if, you, if you're sitting out there, you're a CEO or you're a chief growth officer, how do you make sure that the sales process you have in place is exceptional? I mean, what does that look like? I think a foundational way to think about this is who is the sales process based on? And by that, I mean asking, why do we sell the way we do? The majority of the time when I pose that questions to CEOs or uh, chief growth officers or sales leaders or salespeople for that matter, oftentimes they focus on themselves. Well, here's how we've always done it. Here's some best practices. Like our top guy did it this way. So we kind of all emulate him or her. And it's based on really the seller or the company doing the selling. And so we want to flip that script and we want to say, okay, we want to focus it on the buyer. We want everything we do in the sales process to be aligned with our buyer. And that sounds very simple, but in practice, and it's an easy way to test this, ask, why do we sell the way we do? A foundational question. And the vast majority of the time when people are posed that question, they'll talk about themselves, right? They'll talk about, well, here's how we've always done it, or here's how we think we should do it. It's all based on them. We want to be buyer-centric. We want to be aligned with our buyer because that's the purpose of a salesperson is to really to guide our potential clients through their buying process and into a buying decision that they'll feel good about. And everything we do in the sale, that's the goal. And so we really need to be deeply aligned with our buyer. So the starting point is them. How do our buyers form buying decisions? And that's why I believe so strongly in this science because it gives us definitive, clear answers based on decades of research that reveal exactly what we should do so we can follow these models and it makes us more responsive to our buyers. We're more aligned with them. And the end result really, Gary, is twofold. Number one, sales always go up, but what is equally important is buyers love being sold to in this way. Why? Because it's all about them. What do your clients and your potential clients hate and that is when salespeople try to force their way of selling down a buyer's throat. They don't like that. They want it to be about them, their needs, where they're at in the process, what they need to know to move to the next step. They want it to be all about them. 
But so much of selling traditionally is focused on the seller. And we want to flip that. And that's what that science helps us do. It forces us to think about where is my buyer on their buying journey and what do they need next? And that right there, that mindset shift is a game changer. Yeah, it's really one of the things that makes your book very different when you look at it, because as you mentioned, so so often the sales process is based on anecdotal evidence and it's based on, well, here's how we're going to sell in order to get our product out. And what I love about your book is it really looks at the process and says, well, wait a minute, let's take a look at how buyers buy. What, what, how do they do that? And then as, as, a, as an organization, if I am able to uh, align myself with the way they buy, boy, it really increases trust quickly, you know, because they're, yeah. as you said, they're seeing things uh, from us as uh, on the sales side of the process is more of a partner that has their best interest in mind versus somebody who's trying to sell them something. So I think that's a real advantage people can can gain from reading your book and and actually implementing you know the tactics that you describe in there to partner with with, with the buyer and and see things through the through, through their lens. Let me ask you this question: You've been in this business a long time. Why do you think many sales tra- training programs out there fail? Yeah, that's a that's a really important question because that is an, an alarming thing. How so often training occurs and it makes very little to no impact on actual sales results. So I think there's a couple things there. Number one, we've talked about when it's based on anecdotal evidence. Here's the problem: you don't get buy-in from salespeople. In other words. Salespeople have their way of doing things. And let's say a trainer comes in and says, well, you should do you know, this, this a little different. The way you ask questions, for example, you should do it this way, the way I espouse. And he or she gives the evidence of that's how I've done it. I've seen other successful companies do it this way. Well, the salespeople are sitting there listening, saying, well, I'm doing it a different way. And that's how I've done it, right? It's anecdotal evidence versus anecdotal evidence. And guess uh, what wins? Uh, no change happens. Uh, they stay stagnant. So you got to come in with real evidence and be really clear. Second thing I think is customization. Uh, sales training needs to be customized. We work with companies in so many different sectors. And the first thing we always do is we want to really focus on uh, you know, that company, that selling situation, and really get a good understanding of it so we can make the strategies very, very clear. We're using science, but we're customizing the approach so that it's easy for people to execute on. And and I know we're talking about science and it can sound intimidating, but these strategies are very simple. They're intuitive. When you hear them, you, you feel like, oh yeah, that feels right because it's how our brains are wired. So it needs to be clear. It needs to be simple to execute on. And I think that's also uh, key. And then I think a final thing I'll share is really when you think about sales training, looking at it in a couple of different steps. First, pre-training, really understanding what your objectives are in the training. What are we trying to achieve, right? To really customize the strategies, to have case studies, help people apply on what they're learning. You strategize and create those. Then you deploy the training. And then if it is an event or if it's a, a workshop, what happens after that training is also really key. So you need to have strategies for how do we build on that momentum, that foundation that we've laid in the training and so that we can continue to grow sales. So in other words, we don't just get a spike and then things slowly revert back to the norm. How do we continue to grow our sales and having clear strategies for that, I found over the years, 
What happens after the training is just as important as the initial training itself. And so having thinking through all that can really be a game changer when you talk about deploying sales training that sticks and that makes a huge impact on performance. Yeah, I think it's so true, David. And we're going to, at the end of the podcast, I want to make sure you you mention how to get a hold of you because I know you guys do sales training and you know, the old, the old way it was done was like, you know, the trainer would get up and go, Hey, hold my beer. Let me show you how to do this. And they would, yep. you know, they would just kind of go through and, and, and follow a process, give no reason behind why they're doing other than, as you said, well, that works for me. And, you know, salespeople will resist that they'll resist it on all mm-hmm. kinds of levels. It's change. It could disrupt or, or cause them to feel less confident. So there's all kinds of reasons why they may resist it. But what I think is critical, and you mentioned it, is, you know, getting to the why behind the what, you know, here's what we need to do. We need to align ourselves more more clearly with the buyer. Here's why, you know, this is why we need to do that. And here's what the research tells us if we do that well. And so I think that's a real critical element of this. And, you know, having a leadership team out there like the ones in, in, in this audience that then support that, you know, that yeah. they come back through and say, this is this program makes sense. We're behind this program. There's no way, David, you could look at what you're suggesting as anything other than aligning yourself better with that buyer. So it's in the buyer's best interest and in the company's best interest for us to present our products and our services the way you suggest in your book. So I, I really think it's it's just really, really good. And I wanted to ask you this, you know, as we're, as we're kind of talking through this, if you were going to give advice to a CEO or a chief growth officer, somebody in charge of sales, there was one thing you'd suggest to them as it relates to just this whole sales part of the business, top line growth, all that kind of, what would you, what would your advice be? Yeah. Something I've seen over the years that I've been teaching now for many years and that I've seen makes a huge, huge and immediate impact is really embracing as a culture, a growth mindset. And the idea of a growth mindset is there's so much science behind this now, and it's become very popular, but still many organizations haven't embraced it as part of their culture. So real quickly, a growth mindset is the belief that through effort, you can improve your sales abilities. It's really always trying to be learning. It's as leaders fostering that growth. So we we really start to look at, at sales as how is it that we can grow? How can we learn? How do we improve? So it's in our meetings, talking about growth. What did you learn this week? What did you learn this quarter? What are you learning this year? It's an inspiring, your, inspiring your people to have a growth plan. How are you going to continue to improve and really help to foster that? And what I've seen over the years when organizations and leaders start to embrace this growth mindset and ingrain it in their culture. So it's in their meetings. It's in their one-on-ones with salespeople. The CEOs are talking about it. Like we are always trying to be learning. It just helps improve because in today's hyper-competitive marketplace, if you're not moving forward, you will fall behind. I mean, we're in a very challenging market climate right now. And so growth and growing our people is is mission critical. And And I like to tell People, you know, learning, when we talk about growth and learning, we don't want to think about it like we're taking a third grade history test, right? Where we're just trying to cram our mind with dates and, and uh, you know, uh, names so we can pass a test. But learning is about molding yourself into the person you want to be, into the organization you want to be, to always be growing. 
because I've just seen over the years, whether it's a salesperson or a sales team, you know, your sales will only grow to the extent that you do. And so we really want to foster that growth mindset by prioritizing growth, by investing in your people, encouraging them to invest in themselves with like, what are you working on now? What do you want to improve on? What's your plan for improvement? And and just to have conversations around that too. I've seen sales teams over the years that embrace this idea and they just start collaborating together. You know, I'm trying to work on this. Well, you know, I, I was working on that a few months ago and I had these results. Hey, and they start collaborating around ways to improve. And it just is so transformative to an organization and to people because it energizes them. And they, they feel like they're growing and they're not getting stagnant. And if you think about what creates complacency or stagnation, it's a lack of growth. When you embrace a growth mindset, you'll never be complacent. You'll never be stagnant because you're always moving forward. You always have a goal in mind of, I want to get better in this area. I want to improve in that area. And that's just empowering. And the salespeople that have that mindset, it's not even fair. I mean, the data on this, and there's an overwhelming amount of scientific data. People with salespeople and sales teams with strong growth mindsets versus those who don't, I mean, they outperform their counterparts. Some studies have found that a two to one ratio, I mean, that's a hundred percent increase. So the growth mindset, I think is, it sounds simple, but once you begin to embrace it and adopt it, it is absolutely transformative and it will take any organization, any sales to the next level because you start thinking differently you start asking different questions and your sales meetings take on a whole new life around collaborating to help one another skill up rather than just having a, a boring sales meeting that everyone wants to get out of. Now it's like, hey, every time we get together, we get better. And that's what it's all about. So that growth mindset, boy, when leaders embrace that and put that into the culture, again, it, it is an absolute game changer. You know, David, you are 100% right. I put an article out on LinkedIn a few weeks back called Your Mindset Charts Your Course. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're talking about a growth mindset, which is critical. And the opposite of that is a fixed mindset. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a mindset that believes intelligence, talent, and other qualities are relatively innate and unchangeable, you're operating from that fixed mindset. And that's a dangerous place culturally to be, especially with everything that's changing, the speed at which it's changing today. So from a cultural perspective, it's the same thing we look for in CEOs for our groups, David, is do you have a, a growth mindset? Are you, are, can you still learn? Do you want to learn? Are you creating a, an environment in your organization where you're, you're hoping and, and demonstrating and showing and inspiring those people on your team to grow and get better every single day. I'm, I'm going to be interviewing Jim Hunter in about a week. He wrote the book, The Servant. I don't know if you're familiar with it, mm. but it's on servant leadership. It's in, I'm around 5 million copies have been sold. It's done really well. And Jim has had a, a saying, he said, I heard him say this several times is, you know, you're either, you know, when you're out there and looking at your mindset and being in growth, you're either green and growing are you ripe and rotten? And, you know, so growth mindset, I could not agree with you anymore. Is so critical for the organization, but even I would say from, and maybe I'm biased, David, maybe you are too, because we've always been on the sales side of the business, but I really think it's critical for salespeople to have that mindset of getting 1% better every day, because every day it gets more complicated to sell. It doesn't have to, but it can. And we need to be armed as salespeople to, to be able to take care of our customers and, and be on the same side of the desk with them. Right. 
You're absolutely right. In fact, that's one of the things we talk to hiring managers and sales leaders when they're looking at bringing on new salespeople. We have some things that science says are very predictive of heightened levels of sales success. And one of them is a growth mindset. You, you want them to demonstrate that they have a growth mindset because this is just, that's the people you want to hire. That's the people you want on your team. It makes everyone better. And it makes a, a, a culture that is focused on learning is a culture that will grow. A culture that has that fixed mindset, like you mentioned, well, there, it's really hard to improve sales performance with a fixed mindset. And I see this every time I go to any organization. There are salespeople that have a growth mindset and there are salespeople often that have a fixed mindset. And the difference in results is staggering. Top yeah. performers have growth mindsets and they take the training and they run with it. Those with fixed mindsets, not so much. So growth mindset, and, and you can... You know, when you inspire your organization to adopt that, again, it, it can really be transformative and really help the organization grow and improve and make, uh, you know, working far more exciting and more fun. When we're growing, we feel more energized, we're alive, we feel like we're accomplishing more. And most importantly, in sales, it really does help you more effectively serve those you sell to. There, there's no doubt about it, David. So tell the audience, how would they get a hold of you if they wanted to talk to you about doing some training for their organization? Yeah, you can go to our website, huffeldgroup.com. That's H-O-F-F-E-L-D group.com. There's a lot of resources on there. You can look at articles, white papers, uh, videos, podcasts, all at no cost. You can look at those. And then we have a lot of different ways to get involved with us on the training side as well. So go to huffeldgroup.com. Well, David, this will actually get posted tonight because I knew interviewing you, this would uh, not need to be edited. It would go through smoothly. So I'm going to get this up tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. I really appreciate it. You have really made a difference in the world of sales, and uh, I know you're proud of that, and as well you should be. Thanks, David. My pleasure. Thanks, Gary.